Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. And John, we are kind of putting one show out over two weeks because of the holiday. I know your birthday the other day, uh, so happy birthday to you, my friend. And we also, next show, it won't be this week, it'll be the following Sunday, but we've got some sneakers and a new guest. I believe one of your kids is going to join us. So that'll be the first time we've had one of our family members on in video. So I'm looking forward to that. That's a little bit of a teaser. In the meantime, we picked the right day to split the middle because the Celtics kick off Summer League tonight, 7.30 Eastern against the Philadelphia 76ers. And we're going to talk about Robert Williams because the last time we talked, he'd been drafted. We'd had draft night show just a few days before that. Obviously, understandable in my mind that he didn't make the initial sort of telephonic press conference announcing the drafting of Robert Williams by the Celtics and giving him a chance to speak to the media. That's a little bit more understandable. You're down in Louisiana. You're having your own private party. I see how those things happen, especially for young kids. I know what I was like when I was young. The problem is then he misses his flight to the very first summer league practice. And you got to think Jay Laranega is not happy, but as the Celtics always do, they kind of minimize that. They keep it low. But in the background, I'm pretty sure he got a tongue lashing. I think he got many tongues were lashed. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. It, it's one thing to make one mistake. It's another to, to make, to compound that. And then, you know, they're really very public issues. I mean, everyone's going to watch what he's doing, where he's going. So, you know, he really couldn't have picked the worst possible time to, for that to happen. Admittedly, it's a bit of a difficult turnaround. On Friday, he leaves, uh, you know, comes into Boston, does the you know, the whole picture with the Jersey thing and, and all that happens, flies home and needs to fly back for Sunday. People do it, sure. He's not exactly flying into a major hub of Delta Airlines here, you know. So there's some there's some uh, work that goes into it. And for a 19-year-old kid that probably doesn't know a whole lot about that world, you know more about it more than I do and probably more than he does, it probably was daunting. But at the same point, after what happened the other day, I'd probably want to doubly make sure I was there for that first practice. The fact he wasn't 
isn't so good. What was so good is the fact that he was uh, shooting from the elbows, blocking volleyball, blocking shots. You know, if if you can fix yeah, the other coach stuff, was pretty psyched about pretty psyched. the athleticism, and we knew that. And even watching, you know, some of the CLNS media stuff, we had Jeff Goodman on the draft night show with us, and he told us, you know, the guy slipped because of the party, and he wasn't in a good culture. He even said the thing that I would recommend is that his locker is right next to Al Horford's. Then, uh, you know, in watching some of the clips, Jimmy Toscano and Jeff Goodman and Mike Mike Petraglia Trags. They were talking about how they don't see Robert Williams' locker next to Al Horford's. Now, obviously, it wouldn't be at Summer League, but just in the locker room itself. So, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. But it was a known issue. Here's the deal. If they get it right with Robert Williams and they help bring maturity, just imagine the payout here. I mean, they will be years and years from now saying, geez, Danny Ainge, once again, once again. And it will echo... What we've all heard, some people criticizing Danny for past drafts. I don't see how you can, especially after the Jason Tatum. So this will only live in Danny Ainge drafting lore and Brad Stevens culture lore if this is a payoff. So, you know, we knew it was a high risk, but there's a high reward here. As you mentioned, jumping out of the gym. I think what Jay said was that Robert was dunking with his elbows. Dunking with his elbows. Yeah, that's right. Elbows were involved, but yeah, you know, that. I dunk with my elbows on the uh, the Nerf hoop that's over my kids. I literally dunk with my elbows room. in my sleep because it's a dream. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm wearing those old shoes that you used to have with for the, you know that lifted your calf and made you supposedly dunk like a foot taller. You know, you remember those? I don't know, but they had like the lifted. I was thinking sl- of the cartoon shoes with the springs yeah. in them, where you boing flubber. <laughs> Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, hey, I, I think that we're going to, I think a lot of the, the talk will go away once you start, when people start to see him on the floor. Uh, and, and, and that having that tonight will be exciting. It will be exciting to see, you know, kind of the, uh, the combat muscle front line of Robert Williams, Ojale, Yabaselli, uh, and then you got Bird and, and Kadeem Allen in the backcourt. I think it's going to be a fun run. I don't, you know, usually this is summer leagues about, wings and and guards so we'll see how much uh, has been you know learned by some of the big guys that are returning yabu sounds like he was shooting the hell out of the ball the other day so maybe that's a good sign and that you know he's you know he's starting to, to get something underneath him because if they can add him to that front line that really gives even more uh for brad stevens to be able to play with in terms of lineups uh, coming off the bench. So I'm excited. I can't wait. I love summer league. People say it doesn't matter, but I'm, I can't wait. More it's basketball. It's fun. <laughs> and this is a fun time of year. It kind of keeps you engaged after the postseason. You've got the draft. We've seen that. Then you have the beginning of free agency. We'll definitely be talking about many of those moves. The Celtics, when you talk about their front line, we'll get to Aaron Baines here in a second. Uh, and definitely some girth there. They're going to keep Aaron Baines, no surprise, that happened pretty quickly. And then you go into into Summer League and you see the young guys from last year. You see the draft picks from this year. I, I do think 
yes, it's usually guards and wings, but I also think athletic bigs tend to shine in the league too for that reason. Especially if he can uh, show off a little bit of a jumper from the outside or the elbow and and start working it back. I think that will. Uh, you know, just shooting in general. And even then, that defense, yes, again, you don't see so much with the bigs. But I think if he can show the shot blocking, I think that can still come out in summer league and be exciting. So the Celtics sign Aaron Baines, to your point about the front line and, and having some bigs, that's important. I think they were a little thin last year. Obviously, they were down the stretch with Daniel Tice being out. We've had some debate about minutes per game there and how many will be able to go around. But bringing back Aaron Baines, really brings that enforcer and he did it on the cheap let's be honest I mean would he have gotten a ton more money maybe not but I think he did the Celtics a favor I think he wants to go after a championship and we'll get to LeBron a little while later but with LeBron moving out to the west he's almost assured a spot in the eastern conference finals if this team stays at all as healthy as last year they're they're in a great spot I mean it's it's crazy where they are because (laughs) You know, they, they've got all this firepower returning and so much development. They're, you're almost set up for, <laughs> you're almost set up for something that's not going to go well because after what ha- the, la- the end of last year, the way that transpired, there's almost no way that it can't be just off the charts great. And I, perhaps we have to like at some point temper our expectations. I'm going to probably try to do that in September and <laughs> October. Um, but right now, there's just it, it boundless enthusiasm for where the Celtics are headed. Unless you're Harala Bob Vulgaris talking to you know Brad Stevens. No, Steve. You got the first one out and not Bill Brad Simmons. Stevens. How does that even happen? Bob Vulgaris and Bill Simmons. Holy cow! Yeah, Simmons. I was so focused on Harala Bob. You know, shoot. Anyway, you nailed that one. You nailed that one. That was fantastic. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, it, it, I I think that they're they're in a, a great spot. They've never been in a better spot. And you know, this smart free agency will be you know interesting. Uh, but there's so many pieces the Celtics have. You just feel like there's so much talent that there's got to be a way to fill that in one way or the other. And you know, it, it's a question of great or even greater at this point. Yeah. No doubt. It's, it really is a, a bunch of riches and the landscape has changed a lot. I will remind everybody, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS Media Network on Twitter at CLNS Media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. Finally, the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash CLNS Media has high definition, full length locker room interviews, the garden report. That's all in season. In the meantime, you can find the round table. You can find Trags and Goodman, the interview I talked about before. Lots of great off-season content and video there for you on the YouTube channel. John, all right, we talked about Baines. They got that signing. And what's interesting is it seemed like Marcus Smart, all signs pointed to him coming back. Keith Smith of, of Celtics blog reported that that was very likely that sides were kind of agreeing things were good. And then two days later, Mark Murphy says a source inside Smart's camp says they haven't even heard from the Celtics whatsoever, and he's starting to sour on the situation. I mean, I think basically the Celtics are doing what they always do, maintaining flexibility, letting the market dictate the value. It's not going to help 
Smart's negotiation and leverage if he doesn't get an offer from another team in the next several weeks. The more time passes, the less money becomes available, the better position the Celtics are in. I think that's why maybe uh, this inside source has floated that out there as they're trying to you know, reestablish some leverage and some position in negotiations. At the end of the day, if they can go get an offer from another team, that'll set the market. I think everybody thinks Marcus is coming back, and that may be why he hasn't really gotten anything lucrative. Although we've seen this go sour in the past, and then all of a sudden a year later, they're unrestricted and they're not coming back just because the pride's hurt and they can get equal or close money, maybe a little bit more playing time, and it's over. But I think the Celtics would love to have him for another year. I think they'd like him to be happy, but at the same time, you know, the other side of it is, even away from negotiating, if they're still thinking about making a trade or doing a deal and they need to be able to utilize his salary as a match, they might as well wait a little bit and explore as long as they possibly can until their hand is forced. I, I think that there's I, – I think that it's pretty clear, as you said, that, that whoever wanted to get that information out to Mark Murphy wanted to um, change the conversation. Because clearly the money isn't there. The money was never, wasn't going to be there. We've all known that for, uh, you know, I'd say at least a good 12 months. We knew that, that there wasn't going to be a lot of money on the table, uh, available this, I should say, on the table this summer. And meanwhile, you know, the representation for Marcus Smart seems to have been, you know, stuck in the $17 million number and seems to put that in his client's head. And now here we are, you know, some six days into free agency, seven days into free agency, uh, arguably earlier, if you want to believe tampering happens, which it does. Which, that, that by the way, it definitely does. That sure. old thing, like, I don't even know how you police it, and that's the whole problem. If the NBA, I actually, I'm just going to, I want to just have a side shoot on that and just say that the whole tampering thing, they're wise to stay out of it. The more they dip their toe in that, the more gray and murky it's going to become. They're better off turning a blind eye. And as much as football's turned a blind eye and has gotten a lot of bad bad publicity, it's for different reasons. In this case scenario, there's really nothing you can do about it, and they're better off backing away from it than trying to control it because they'll just have such an S-storm on their hands if they're going around trying to police what they really can – the unpoliceable. I, no, that's absolutely true. I mean, it's just – it's it's an endless rabbit hole that seems to go who knows where. Uh, you know, the Lakers got picked up for it, which is somewhat interesting given the results of free agency for them. Not so much on the LeBron side, but the fact that they weren't able to get anyone to join him. That's kind of interesting. Uh, and, and certainly Paul George being the most notable and really the one that caused a lot of the kerfluffle, uh, you know, early on. So look, it, that, here we are. And I think, you know, smart to, to go back to smart for a sec. I mean, I think he's, unfortunately, he's in a bad spot and he, there was an extension on the table supposedly in the, in the fall. He didn't take it. That's, his right, and now there's even less money available. And you know, I, I, it, I, our old friend Sam from San Diego is, you know, kind of messaged me on Twitter and said, you know, it's going to be the qualifying offer. You know, just it's too bad, and it is too bad because a lot of times bad relations can can crop up between the team and the player. 
And it's unfortunate because a lot of this is based upon the fact that the player is being advised by somebody. And I, and I think that, that the, the representation here is what's at fault. And I don't think that the, the Celtics or, or anyone else should, should read anything else into that. It was bad representation. They've known this all along. We saw, you know, some guys, you know, like uh, Lou Williams, who was a, an all-star, a, a guy who was, couldn't even get a first round pick and they re-signs in LA for eight million dollars. Uh, who was, I mean, that, that's crazy. That's crazy to think of. Two years ago, he would have been making 20 million dollars on the market. No problem. So you've got to recalibrate. There will be more money in the market, but with so many guys taking one year deals, even that amount is going to start to get dry up. So the best thing is for smart and the sellers to come to a two year agreement. Get, you know, allow the Celtics to have some control over the player, but allow the player to make that money that he's clearly going to lose in this market. The problem is, is all that's going to Do you really the think they only the tax. want to, do you really, into the tax, they're yeah. in a really tough spot. Yeah, but either way, do you really think that they want to give him the lowest possible dollar figure? Again, if they know it's going to go south in that case, and they need salary to make any kind of a deal and get some value in return, you know, and he's going to be unrestricted the next year. I'd almost like want to put him on a one and one and give him a little bit more money and just have that salary to work with. Otherwise, they'd have all these young players. They're not going to want to get rid of a lot of veterans. And, you know, there is a rumor out there. We'll get to that one too, but I don't think they want to get rid of. And when I, you know, not aging veterans other than Al Horford, right? All everybody else on the team that's a veteran that's established is still under the age of 30, but. All these rookie contracts are great, and they balance out the salary, and you've got somebody like Terry. But ultimately, if they are going to end up doing another deal with some of these players that they're unlikely to be able to keep without going into that luxury tax, or maybe it just maybe they'll even want more. It just to me, it makes sense to give him maybe a little bit closer to his market value, give him a one and one, and at least you've got a tradable contract if things aren't looking really good next year. No, I, I think you're right. I think that's exactly the way to go. Well, one on one, a three year deal. I mean, something that's not, you know, hugely, you know, drawn out, but two, three year deal with higher money than what you might expect and realize that you're going to probably go into the tax to do it this year. And that's just the price of being a contending team. And it's a shame because they are this close to being able to probably pay him a decent amount in next year and the next couple of years and stay under the tax, but that's the breaks. You know, you sign three max con, you have three max contracts on the books. That's how it's going to go. And so, you know, we'll see what happens with, with his smart, with, with smarts free agency. I, I like where they are. I think they'll be able to get him back. And I think smarts got a good, good enough head on his shoulders now to be able to understand all that's going on. And like I said, he's focused on what's going on with his mom. That's a number one in his life right now. He's not thinking about free agency. He's thinking about what's going on at home. And the agent is taking care of negotiations. And if if what he told Mark Murphy is an indication of where he's headed in his negotiations, I, I'm thinking they're not going well for, for, for the agent, even less so, actually less so than Smart himself. Yep, absolutely. And – there's even a little floater out there on Celtics blog that maybe our theory that Isaiah Thomas might find his way back to the Boston Celtics. So there you go. You'll have some backcourt depth, but you're right. Marcus should smoke us. Marcus should smoke us. He should smoke us. Yeah, he should. <laughs> Marcus. <I'm> with you. <laughs> Just chill. Marcus should, 
Organs should definitely now red, like really red. Not like red like the YouTubers think I look red on the video, but like <laughs> literally red. Um Marcus should definitely focus on the family. That's a big thing. That's what he pays his agent for. We'll see how it all shakes out. It's hard to see into the future, but if you wear contacts, then you know how annoying it is to have to get a prescription year after year just to be able to buy more contacts. Simple Contacts is changing all of that by using technology to make renewing your prescription and buying contacts super well, simple. And here's how it works. You use your phone or your computer. You take the simple context vision test in like five minutes from literally anywhere. And then a real doctor reviews your test results within 24 hours and writes you a new prescription. Boom! A fresh supply of brand new lenses on the way to your door. No more of those appointments. No more sitting around in waiting rooms. And no more overpaying for the contacts after the visit where they make you buy them there. Simple contacts brings a doctor's office to wherever you are whenever you need it. Particularly helpful for me. I travel a lot for work. It's hard for me to schedule and keep appointments, just let alone getting to the dentist. But this contacts prescription, man, this was a lifesaver for me. I run out of them on the road. I know I'm getting low. I can just take care of it, scratch that one off the list, and by the time I'm home, I've got contacts at my door. It's beautiful. They have every brand of lenses. Their prices are unbeatable. Prescriptions are just $20, and the contact lens prices are super competitive. The shipping is free, and best of all, our listeners get $30 off their simple contacts order. So, to save $30 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash CSL18 or enter the code CSL18 at the checkout. I do have to mention, though, that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exams. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts. Get $30 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash CSL18 or just enter the code CSL18 at check at checkout. Give it a try and thank me later. Okay, John, so now we're going to move on to a little bit more free agency. Free agency. We got Aaron Baines. Marcus Smart is, you know, dicey, feeling it out. We'll see where that goes. But LeBron James chooses the Lakers, thinks he's going to get all that set up. There's heavy, heavy rumors that Kawhi is only going to go to the Lakers in the offseason next year, although no interest supposedly in Boston, potentially some interest in the 76ers. We'll talk about Kawhi after LeBron. But all of a sudden, this superpower with Paul George just inking right away uh, really kind of is awkward in a lot of ways for LeBron to be out in L.A. I know he's still primetime, showtime, whatever. Uh, it's a good area for marketing. He wants to be in a big market, kind of like the move to Miami, gets the championship and his return to Cleveland, has this kind of flexibility to close out his career and understandable. But literally, he in, in a matter of 48 hours after his signing with L.A., it looks like there's less likely a star to come join him there. And also, Boogie Cousins winds up in uh, – <laughs> The Golden State Warriors uniform. I just don't even believe it. I know he's got an Achilles injury. I know it's not the same as Boogie at the start of last season, beginning this coming year. I think they said he might not even play till February, but it doesn't matter. If he can contribute anything in the postseason, LeBron's got to be burning up a little bit inside on that one-year $5 million contract. Yeah, there's a couple different ways to look at that. I mean, there's... There's clearly there's the aspect of this that says, well, do you really want to, you know, 
how how good is Boogie really going to be? And you know, obviously the the the, the Achilles is it's it's unprecedented for someone to do what he's doing to do what he wants to do in terms of play at an All Star level, returning from Achilles injury at that size. Never been done, uh, and and it seems like everybody who's been through it uh, seems to say it, it's it's not going to work. But let, you know, let's for Boogie's sake, let's hope it works for him. Um, I'm not buying into what he's going to provide, but you're absolutely right. The the issue is, what about LeBron? I mean, he's he's you know he's moving his his raft out there, and he's and he's looking around. And he's saying, "Well, we got Lance Stevenson, we got Rajon Rondo, we got." <laughs> I mean, is that is that what this is about? And you know, I was reading Windhorst. Uh, you know, of course, had all the inside scoop being... Uh, he was you know, furious, dude. How funny oh was the gosh. Paul George commentary from Brian. He was... He's like, what is this guy doing? But you know what? He's got a really good point. I mean, the whole thing was about being able to go to L.A. It was all about negotiating. He left how much money on the table? So he must have been feeling the love in OKC. That's for sure. I don't I don't think he left it. I think he actually made more off of it, you know, in, in the long run. Um, so it, I, I, but I think Windhorse was, well, I, I don't buy anything that Windhorse sells basically because it, it, it's all through the prism of how does this help LeBron James? Not a team, not, no, <laughs> not, not a, a game, not a game. It's all through what helps LeBron and, and what helps LeBron helps Brian Windhorse because every time Brian Windhorse you know, looks around, you know, is, is moving around, it just, it just so happens to come not long after LeBron James moves somewhere, so that's fine. Whatever. I don't really, don't, I, I don't really enjoy the Brian Windhorst experience. But, but for LeBron to move to LA opens up the East for for the Celtics. Clearly, everything you know that's kind of all set. That's pretty but, much the capper, don't you think? I mean, it, I know the yeah. one thing I will say to that, and I don't think we've talked about this before this year that. Really, with Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas gone, that Toronto is not that difficult of a matchup as it was when we had an undersized backcourt. And now with all the switchability and Jalen Brown starting at the two, et cetera, et cetera, that that's probably going to be a much less of an issue. But we really don't know uh, how we're going to match up against Toronto because Cleveland and LeBron really had their number. And that was... They kept getting them out of the way for us. Uh, that's the one thing that I think will be interesting to see next season is, you know, can Toronto still fight? Most people are looking at the Sixers. <laughs> Most people are looking at the Sixers, but nobody is happier about Cleveland being, I mean, LeBron being out of Cleveland than the Toronto Raptors. No matter how happy you and I are and Celtics fans are, nobody's happier than Raptor fans. I, I yes, but I I also think a lot of them look at their as they missed their window. This was their window, right? This was the time. This is you know LeBron is he's weakened, he's wounded, and they got the crap beat out of them to a, an absurd degree. And then you look at you think Celtics fans are optimistic about what they're going to be able to do next year. What are Raptors fans thinking? At the height of all their powers, they get swept in four games or yeah. You know, Four games, five games, four games. While the Celtics now go seven games against that same team, and they're adding two all-stars plus Tice and Boobot. I mean, what's Toronto got to do? I mean, listen, I mean, what the, we got Drake coming out with double albums because he's so, he's so upset about what's going on here. I mean, this is, 
this is a this is a real problem for the old Toronto Raptors. We get we got Washington Wizards down there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, get out of the way, guys. I mean, every everything has gone to plan. The only thing that we don't know about is the Kawhi thing. Everything else, for, if you're looking, if you were trying to plan out the Celtics uh, free agency, other than Smart coming to a, a team friendly deal that uh, keeps them under control, but somehow allowed them to stand on the tax, which seems impossible. So that's out the window, but team friendly deal. And somehow you're able to keep Kawhi into a location that is not uh, Philadelphia and, and not with LeBron. Uh, I think that's the ideal off season for Danny Ainge and the Celtics. And we're pretty close to having that possibility. Well, it almost all... looks like the Spurs and Kawhi are starting to reconcile and potentially look at a long-term deal. My only thought there is that that could be the precursor to a sign-in trade that they don't want the details to get out if you're on the other end of that deal. Because if it were to fall through and you weren't be able to negotiate the terms that you're looking for, then uh, you'd have a lot of egg on your face as the receiving team with all the names that may have been going out in exchange for Kawhi. With that in mind, Mind, Dan uh, Lifeshatz reported that the best offer and really the only significant one to date that the Spurs have received was interestingly, and I'm not buying this one either, but Kyrie and a first round pick for Kawhi was sort of what's rumored. I guess the reason I have a hard time believing that is how many wings can we load up on? Um, you've got to think an Anthony Davis deal would be subsequent to that because I just don't know how else we make room for everybody on the roster who's talented to get minutes at the 2-3 and even then stretch four a little bit more than maybe a lot of fans are comfortable with outside of me. It's so dumb. Dan Lipschatz is the biggest... Uh, attention whore, uh, at 98.5, the sports hub, and that's, that's saying a lot. It, it, there's no deal on the table with Kawhi, and with Kyrie and Kawhi. I, I don't buy that. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you rehab uh, a guy like why, Kyrie right. just to bring in a guy that there's question marks about next year? Yes, their, their deals line up. You know, yes, there's some issue in terms of ability and, and, you know, where their, their relative value and the injury, but everybody who seems to know anything about anything, Zach Lowe, probably the most, you know, notable in this regard said it's, it's hogwash. It's nonsense. They've not offered Kyrie. The Celtics are not offering, you know, Jabot said the Celtics are not offering any of their five best players. So I'm pretty sure Kyrie's in that mix. I just think Lift Shats is, is full of shats. Reaching, and, reaching, um, yeah, at best. Yeah. If it, that would, that would be a polite way of saying it. He, he's, you know, this is what he does and he gets on there and I just, but, but I, I think that there is still a, a deal on the table. I think there is a deal that the Celtics would do for Kawhi. I don't think it's very much though because I don't think they're going to let him look at his medicals. They're not going to let him talk to him. And until that happens, the deal isn't getting any, it isn't going to get any better. And so that's probably why the Spurs would say, well, let's try to talk this out. Let's see if we can, you know, cause we're not going to get that mega deal that we want. Apparently the Lakers are willing to wait until next year. How'd that work out for them with, with Paul George? And the Sixers are looking at the market. Worked and say, out with LeBron, didn't work good. with PG. Yep. No doubt. And you know, I think the biggest thing, and you and I talked about this before we got on the air as we're kind of wrapping the show here, but number one, I'd say biggest thing is we don't want Kawhi to wind up in Philadelphia. Now, 
as it is with all Philadelphia 76ers, their first year with the team, they have to sit out due to injury. So I think we'd be all safe next year. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Yeah, we'll just let them sit out and it all works out. I, I just not, it could happen. I, I think Philly, you know, anybody could raise their, their offer at any point and, and that would work. You know, the latest stuff about, you know, Kawhi doesn't want to go here. He doesn't want to go to the Clippers. He doesn't want to go to Boston. He doesn't want, like, where does Kawhi want to go? What does Kawhi want? That's the concerning part right Who there. It's just his whole general attitude. That's the thing that's been freaking me out a little bit. And it's like, if he only wants to go to LA, then that's it. He should just shut up and wait for the Spurs to either make a deal with their LA. Or he plays out the year and signs with them next year. I mean, if he's going to be that limiting in terms of what he wants and, and, and he's that laser focused, then by all means, dude, execute your strategy. I'm not sure that that's the case. I wonder how much interference is being run on that too. If we all of a sudden hear that he's working out a long-term deal, that seems bizarre to me if, um, if he did really have his mind made up. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm dubious about the whole long-term deal thing because I, you know, it's super max or bust to me. I don't think why would the Spurs offer anything else? If he's supposedly ducking Spurs executives as they come to check on his, you know, his rehab, it just seems like that's just a broken relationship there. And, and all of this talk of trying to do that is just them trying to recoup and, and, you know, the same as with smarts agent trying to gain some leverage in the conversation that just doesn't exist. I, he's got to go. They're going to have to move him. It's just a question, what's the right package? And I think until Kawhi gets right about where he wants to go and and then I'll, the Spurs have to allow some negotiation or some discussion between the team uh, the team that wants to acquire and hit, and Kawhi and look at his medicals and you know a whole bunch of other things, they're not going to get the deals they want. So they're kind of in a really it's really horrendous spot. But they Actually, do have their best spot how much they can give up. Their best spot at this point, knowing that the price is so low, is to just ride into next season, make him play to show that he is healthy. Otherwise, he's not going to make any money next offseason either, right? This is their leverage year. If they can't get what they think they can get maybe in January, like an early acquisition pre-deadline, then they might as well wait it out. Because as soon as he gets back on the floor, that's going to increase their ability. Everybody knows they're gambling if they trade for him now without some sort of sign and trade to an extension anyway. And so it's unlikely to happen if, and so they might as well wait. And that's what I think. I think they should just force him to play because if not, sure, he can go to workouts and he can do all that, but there's going to be enough question marks that he's not going to get the money. He might still wind up in LA, but it's going to cost him a lot of money. He's much better going back, joining the Spurs, getting back out on the court, proving that he's healthy, and just waiting for his contract to expire next year. And then maybe they're able to make a move midseason. That's probably the Spurs' best play at this point in my mind. It, it, it may be. I mean, that's, I would say that's a, that would be a, probably a tough pill to swallow if I were the Spurs, looking at, at the type of player Kawhi is and looking at what he should be able to fetch and trade. I would think that they would be able, they should be able to allow him to talk to other teams and allow the medicals to get out and, and thus get a bigger, a better deal. If they wait until midseason, they're not going to get that great a deal. They're going to end up with a deal, maybe even a little bit less than the Rozier Morris pick, uh, discussion. I think that by process of elimination of the top five players and, 
basically that type of deal is really the best they can look at. And, you know, I think for the Celtics, that makes a whole lot of sense. You know, you give up a pick, sure, but you're adding Kawhi Leonard at the deadline or something like that, and you give up a pair of, uh, of expiring contracts in the process. I mean, that, that's the, and you have his bird rights in a, in a market where, um, you know, you always want to have those extra chips and extra It could leverage. still be so, a sign and trade scenario for the Celtics, even if they can't keep him because he doesn't right. want to stay. And that's definitely worth the picks. You could find a way to bring back a package and to your point about the bird rights. I like that idea that that actually could potentially happen because once you get to the postseason, he's going to be playing for it. You know, he's going to be playing for that contract and even, and he can say to the Celtics, I'm not, I don't want to be here long term, but I obviously have to perform in the postseason and it's only going to make me look even better. And who knows if we win a championship over the absolutely stacked and loaded Golden State Warriors somehow as a result of the move, maybe I will stay. I think the biggest thing is the Celtics run into major money issues in that scenario. They'll have a lot of tough decisions next off season, but We'll see what happens. Everybody enjoy Summer League. That's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and for my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.